They say the gods made us in their image. We think of this as a blessing. We think of ourselves as mighty and just, a mirror of the splendor we see in them. Not once do we consider the evils we inherited from them too. Welcome listeners to the Facades of Gods, a no-show radio production. With me tonight, I have... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara, formerly Harris, formerly Pascal. My name is Bianca Zelda, and I will be playing Jada Jacques. My name is Ethan Schaff, and I'm performing as Clarence Bertram. And I am Kyle, your master of fate tonight. Of the Mad Cat. Clarence is thankful for the distraction he is afforded by playing on stage while dark dealings run their course in the green room. Meanwhile, Jada puts the commotion in the precinct to rest and happens upon a mysterious envelope containing her father's evidence regarding Frederick Lloyd. What is going on in the green room? Where did this envelope come from? And how long before our crew gets in over their heads? So the sun has set. Jada, you're in the patrol car or your personal vehicle? Or do you take a vehicle? I'm going to take the subway. And where are you taking it to? If memory serves... The last time that I've spoken with, what's your last name again, Clarence? Uh, Bertram. The last time that I've spoken with Mr. Bertram, it was at that, it's that strange bar with that loud, bright logo outside. I believe it was called the Mad Cat. This is correct. You know his schedule loosely, actually. Uh, It was written down for you somewhere. But it's probably safe to assume that that's where you'd find him tonight. So, on your way down, did you bring the file? I did. Um, I've got a really nice uh, over-the-shoulder messenger bag. It's um, made with faux leather. It's black. It's nice. You make your way there without too much of a fuss. It's starting to get a little more crowded. It's later at night. People are getting off from work, heading home, or to find more carnal pleasures. Also, to paint a scene, um, just briefly, it is worth mentioning um, that before, uh, right after I stepped out of the uh, police station, I took off my police jacket like my my blue uniform and underneath i'm just wearing a black tank top uh, so i've just got i got like a sports bra underneath tank top and then i normally wear like my uniform however right now black tank top black work pants black dress shoes and you walk in unopposed perfect mr bertram yes how does clarence tend to dress for the stage well bertram doesn't have a whole lot in the way of fashion wear but he's wearing his best rumpled up tie that he has on a white or grayish white uh, button-up shirt and then he has 
a fairly casual suit jacket or blazer that is a royal blue color. Um, that's the big ensemble with some black pants and uh, some spit polished black shoes. And what instrument does he play? He plays the saxophone, baritone to be precise. Before you came out on stage tonight, you were in the green room. The green room's supposed to be for guest appearances on the stage or for you as a regular, just your getting ready space. The club, though, often rents it out to some unsavory characters. And you tend to overhear things. You tend to overhear sometimes very important things. And tonight you heard one man talking to another. He was giving directions somewhere. He was using a lot of markers, though, and not, not streets. It, it, was, it was weird. And it keeps running through your head again and again, those same directions. You came on stage before Mr. Lloyd ever got back there, but you know he's back there now, judging by the traffic heading through the, that door. You finish up your set. Where do you go now? After my set, I normally like to unwind with just a nice drink from the bar that's, you know, uh, covered by my performances. I have a I have a small tab available to me after each performance. And so I make my way to the bar, shaking the hands of people that enjoyed the show and patting me on the back, thanking them for being here and thanking me for performing for them. So I get up to the bar and I wave down the bartender and he gets my normal uh, my normal drink, which is uh, a shot of Jameson and followed up by a uh, beer on tap. He's pulling it down and you see someone familiar stride in. Very commanding presence. Similar to her father's. Doesn't seem like anyone else has taken much notice yet. What do you do? Well, if I know who's approaching me, it's probably not good news. And I definitely don't want to be here in an area where I can be seen out in the open. So I make my way into a more crowded area of the bar where there's less eyes on people. Do you follow Mr. Bertram? I spotted him as soon as he made his way to the bar, and I'm now tracking and following him. I'll say she catches up to you without too much difficulty. The crowd is congratulating you on another great set. The woman that you normally see is nowhere in sight, but otherwise people are distracted by the next performance and small talk and their drinks. You're hiding in plain sight and your law ball and chain, as it were, walks up to you. Mr. Bertram, it's been some time. No, no, we're not doing this here. I told you before, this is not the best place to be meeting up. 
There is no other place. Let's go. They're meeting back there right now. We cannot do this. Ah. Are you kidding me? You're supposed to call me. You've never answered your phone. I don't know what you expect from me, Mr. Bertram. Fine. What is it? What do you need? I... I'm going to look around uh, all the people around me. I have some questions about that person that you've just spoken about. So you're telling me that he's here now? Uh, I didn't say that. I said that they are meeting here. Mm, Clarence, you've known me long enough. Don't bullshit me. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go... Ooh, linger or loiter or whatever it is that you do wherever my suspect is and I need you to get back to me in a timely manner every single thing that you hear look I mean you're a little late I already performed I'm not probably going to be back in the green room for another hour or so before my next set so you forgot your I'm... sweater, didn't you? And I'm just going to like... <laughs> I'm taking As I'm saying this, I'm taking off your jacket. You should probably go back there and get it. Yeah, okay, sure. We'll, we'll do that. All right, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to die. That's fine. It's all right. <sighs> Thank you for your cooperation, Mr. Bertram. Mm, cooperation, that's what it's called. <laughs> sure. Clarence, as you head back towards the the staff door. You look back over the crowd and no one seems to be paying you too much mind except for the all-too-serious death glare being given to you by the one who holds your fate in her hands. You walk through the door and there's a hallway before you. The green room is pretty much at the end of the hallway to the right. There's no door uh, that leads into it but there's this threshold in front of it is the woman you were looking for earlier. And she seems to be cozying up to a very well-dressed man, the same one who gave you the nod while you're on stage. Well, since I am there to collect my jacket, which I forgot, I still have my drink in my hand at this point in time. So I give a a lift of the drink as a cheers or a hello and I to the the two people and try to make my way back into the green room and see if there's anything I can overhear whether just outside of the door or right before I go in so the man that was standing in front he sees you coming and he steps aside not too terribly far because he still is trying to put himself between, uh, put himself between the green room and this very well dressed woman. And Giselle, you see the man on stage going by, Mr. Bertram. You would know his name. It's written on the chalkboard next to the stage. You see him walk by, beer in hand, straight into the green room. Meanwhile, the very well-dressed man is still denying you entry, despite your attempts. 
And so I'm face to face next to this the guy that I was yes, you, you are, eyeballing. You are right. Or uh, you are talking with him actually right now. You're trying to get back there as per your original request. <laughs> The one thing I would like to correct is that I don't think cozying up is the right word. That's not... Okay. How, how would you put it? What, what What is Giselle trying to do? Well, she wants to get in the place that she's not allowed. <laughs> uh, that's pretty pretty simple there. But um, she also... I'm not relying just entirely on my good looks. Hair toss. Uh, I... I don't have the confident walk of a detective, but it's definitely the walk of a woman who owns the world. Head held high, shoulders down, chin up, and I don't waste much time smiling, honestly, when I'm not trying to impress someone or another. And this person blocking my entrance is also getting dangerously close to wasting my time. And I light another clove as I look up at him. Really, what's so important that you can't let me back there? He looks at his watch. Well, ain't nothing going on back there now. I told you. All of our party business was taken care of. But, uh, I suppose if you... Oh. Excuse me, Mr. Bertram. He steps aside and this is where that interaction takes place. Oh, I'm with him. You are. Why else am I here every night? He looks over at Clarence. And I look back (laughs) mid-drink. Uh. I'm a bit of a fan, you see. And like, while like the words I say are flirtatious, there's still that deadpanness in her face. She's not... She's not trying to be coy in her lie, but she is definitely conveying, like, I'm going to get back there. If we need to say the right things, or if I need to say the right things, I will get back there. I hear that. I look over. Sorry, Tuts, not tonight. And then just... just Dumbfounded. Completely dumbfounded. I didn't take him for one of those. Well, you could give me a private tour if you'd like as well. Fine, if you're that interested, it's nothing that interesting. Um, sure. And he steps back into the corner uh, right across from the threshold. Who, who's going first? Me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. You see two guys talking in the corner. There's a red couch no arms, uh, a long mirror that stretches uh, the wall opposite the couch. There are a couple stools and a long table right under the mirror. And then there's a chair, very comfortable looking chair, with a coffee table right next to it, or sorry, an end table right next to it. There's a drink left there, but otherwise the room's only occupied by these men. And they're talking very, very adamantly about where someone went. And how are they dressed? That's very important to me. Of course, of course. They have, uh, they both have jeans, a crimson t-shirt, and then a black uh, blazer on top. 
They seem to be talking about where Lloyd went. You're not too familiar at sound. Maybe you heard it somewhere a while back, but something about Lloyd and that he went to that to the, the the next meeting place. He's supposed to meet someone with a lot of money. Lutoon style money eyes. Oh, and like right as they say that is when you walk in. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's he was headed back back there, you know, right right across from the statue, and that's where he was supposed to take the briefcase. And oh, well, hello, miss. Well, evening. Did I miss Lloyd? No, uh, Lloyd, Lloyd, who's, who's Lloyd? And you're hearing this whole thing, um, Clarence. Okay. Yeah, I figured I was probably like on the side or the corner or something. Yeah, they, like I said, there's no door and the whole room is probably maybe like 20 by 15. So like there, unless someone were actually whispering, you could hear across it. And it's not too loud back there. It's, it's padded between the green room and the, the main house, so... Well, while this is occurring, I'm just feigning looking for my jacket that I, of course, lost and still enjoying my beard and just kind of shaking my head and, like, looking inside, like, the couch cushions. I think I'll just let out a, a, a sigh of boredom. I thought tonight was going to be more fun. And I'm going to throw down my half-smoked smoke grind it out with my heel, and leave. The cigarette, or the smoke, kind of disappears amongst all the other butts and peanut shells in the back. Someone's supposed to sweep up, but clearly they haven't in a while. You step out, and Clarence, are you far behind? Or are you still looking for that jacket? I'm gonna distance myself a little bit since this woman so keenly pointed me out um and i'm going to just take a little time actually you know ask around if anyone's seen my jacket so they understand why i'm back there of course make sure that it's very clear that i am only back there to find my jacket my jacket is missing. I am trying to find my jacket. Okay. So And yeah. Yeah. So you're you're gonna be back there for a little bit then. How close of attention do you think Jada is paying just to that door? Is she actually trying to blend in or does she stick out like a sore thumb? Can you smoke <laughs> in this bar? Mm-hmm. Um I found a wall to lean up against. You know, I've got my myself secured i've just lit up a smoke and i'm just watching it like a hawk not really blending in not too terribly long maybe a couple minutes after clarence goes through the door you see that woman that you met at the ball walk out yep that's her that's miss mcnamara I'm going to take one last drag of my cigarette and drop it on the ground, crush it beneath my foot. All right. And I'm going to walk over to that woman, grab her by her wrist, walk calmly with me. 
you you recognize this woman who approaches you. Do and... I? <laughs> I'm not a uniform. I was going to say, last time I saw her, she was all dudsed up, I imagine. Not just uniform. I'm guessing dress uniform. Yeah, yeah, the nice one. I mean, like, my face and hair were still the same. Um, okay. Well, I say, I say recognize. That doesn't mean you know exactly who she is. It's just, uh, like, you look familiar. You remind me of a face I saw once, like in a dream. It's like that kind of recognition of not really a time or place, just a, a foggy. Uh, and I'm going to try to jerk my hand back because I won't stand for that nonsense. I look at you and be like, well, if you unhand me, I will go wherever you so choose. I'm going to stop and, I mean, we're still relatively close and I don't care about the flow of crowd of people that were trying to walk around us you know when you're just those people that stop and a couple people kind of brush into you because you've just stopped in the middle of a crowd do you remember me should i yes i am off duty at this time but i am here on official business and from my pocket i'm going to pull out my badge and discreetly I will slip it up um, from my pants a little bit. Like, my, my tank top is, like, tucked into my pants. Like, I'm full. It's kind of a mom look, okay. but it's the only way I could describe it. Oh, actually, more like um, Sarah Connor kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what you. I'm going for. Um, so, like, you've got full vision of my pocket, and I just kind of flash you a sparkle of it. <laughs> you see this, and you things start making a little more sense. My temper cools pretty quickly <laughs> at that. Uh, and question for my own visual brain pan. How tall is Jada? Not that tall. Um, five, five plus maybe an inch on her uh, steel toe boots gives her a five, six. So average. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like this visual even more because I imagine that um, Giselle is a, is a little taller than average. So, and then the plus some heel. Yeah. So she's probably getting close to kissing six <laughs> with, with the heels uh, as she's looking at this angry lady. I'll nod my head slowly. Well, I'm afraid we're making quite a scene. How about... I buy you a drink? Let's go. And For a drink, yes. I'll let go of your... I don't know if I had... Yeah, I'll let go of your hand, um, your wrist. Which she promptly starts like rubbing like that was the worst vice grip of her life. And I'll make my way over to the bar. I follow. I look over my shoulder just to see who else is watching. This night's getting odd, but interesting. A little better than it was a moment before. Not seeing anyone stare you down, but there are a lot of eyes. Maybe someone's seeing something. Not sure. Things are pretty public here. You go over to the bar, and I'm assuming you each order a drink. Clarence, you haven't found that jacket. It's, I have not. Uh, 
it's just not back there it seems maybe uh maybe it got left at home or something who knows i just give it out a good big old sigh of frustration and go out the door and you come back out into the house i do the woman who uh demanded your cooperation seems distracted by the woman you just were with they seem to be talking about something you're all the way across the room though so you can't hear whatever it is I mean you do see I have your your jacket around my shoulder <laughs> I I, I give them a wide berth, but I do approach the bar on the other other side of the bar, for the most part. Okay. Give me a roll for that. I'm being... I guess I'm just being sneaky. I'm not being okay. necessarily too careful or anything. I'm just kind of playing it cool. Right, right. So, uh, sneaky plus that. I have a plus one. Okay. And can I get the ladies to roll me something to maybe see if uh, you have company at the bar? I got a plus one. All right. Oh, no. He doesn't no. Someone's oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a minus two. However, Ooh. I mean... Literally, none of us are yet to use an aspect yet, so I would be honored to be the first. Yes. I've got an aspect called uh, Hard-Boiled Detective, um, and effectively just my experience um, as a detective for you know the seven years that I've been on the force in this regard has absolutely honed my skills to a certain degree. Um, so I would like to re-roll that entire hand and hope that my detective skills pull through. All right. Oh, no. Minus one. I mean, it's not well, minus you know, two. That's better. <laughs> You're distracted by the pretty girl. It's okay. I, yeah. Can yeah. I say my eyes are just glued to you? Yeah. You are, you are very into this conversation. The way that this would work then is that I'll say you are say sitting to Giselle's right and you're at if you're looking at the bar you're at the left end the left corner of the bar while Clarence makes his way to the right corner but you see Mr. Bertram approach the bar yet again and he's looking at the both of you very intently I glare it is a Soul crushing glare. You are a bug beneath my heel. I follow her line of vision and I see my CI. And then I glance back at McNamara. You two know each other. He'd be so lucky. I'm going to raise my hand and I make the snapping motion and then I point to Mr. Bertram. I'm just I'm just mumbling to myself I'm like yeah sure no let's just let's just wave us down and just let let everyone know yeah okay fine no 
No, I mean, she's only talking to someone that just was talking about me not a while ago. So, oh, God, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm mumbling this all while kind of, like, scooting down the bar the bar line, just uh, down, the, down the table, and I'm just, like, I'm not even making eye contact with them. I obviously see that they waved me down, and I'm giving it a very disdainful look about being ordered around. When you're close enough... Ah, Mr. Bertram, you're looking awfully cold, and I'm going to slide your coat off my shoulder. Here, cover up. Oh, there's my jacket. Hey, look how that works out. It's just a stone, uncomfortably bitchy silence from Giselle. Just, at this point, now that you're close enough, she's too good to look at you. And so she's looking at her drink and playing with a little lemon that's on the rim and... She's uncomfortable and does not want to be there. All right. And I I face towards the bar and I wave down the bartender again for, for another drink. And then I quickly glance over at Giselle and I say, hi, how you doing? Well, it looks like you're both well acquainted, which makes my job much easier. Mr. Bertram, you understand the man that I'm looking for and... Ms. McNamara, I understand that you might also possess some information that will be relevant to a case that I'm working on. If you would both be so kind as to share some information on a certain somebody. And I'm going to lean in close to you, Giselle. Like, like, to your face, to your ear. I'm looking for information on a Mr. Frederick Lloyd. Please roll me a clever Giselle. Ooh. I got a plus four. Ooh, damn. So now that you're hearing the full name, and you're hearing it from a voice of the law, something clicks about that name. It came up in your husband's investigation when your husband was murdered. You remember now that he was a suspect. They didn't look into it much. They didn't have much of anything on him. But he was named. No public details made about why, though. They would never disclose it to you. Some sort of conflict, being that you were another suspect. I'm afraid I've never heard of him. You're a terrible liar. And I'm just going to face Clarence. You, tell me what you learned. I've got my head down, obviously, exactly like... Uh, head down, uh, uh, head, in, head in hand, just really, we're going to... We're gonna, you're gonna do this right now, and you're bringing her into this. I mean, she looks like a freaking rocket right hey. now. Hey. I mean, <laughs> no offense, I just. We can go somewhere quieter. I, I would love to go outside for a smoke, but do you know how expensive this dress is? Enough to get the eyes of everyone's attention. Uh huh. Exactly. Just saying. If 
you must know, which, believe me, Mr. Bertram, it's not truly any of your business. There's a certain tactic in which I can have one person reveal some information, and it triggers some details in yet another person. So, let's just cooperate, everybody. Or what, will you arrest me? (laughs) Don't test me, please. Get a warrant. Mr. Bertram, you were saying... I was saying that... I don't know, she was there too, just for a vague little bit, but I don't know, they said something about a statue or other. But, yeah. What? Where is the statue? What kind of statue? Can you describe it? Was it of a certain person? Was it of an animal? Did it... Was it outside of a government facility? A statue. That is what they said. That is all I heard. The only other things I heard before this was something about directions, and that is it. There's a briefcase too, but I don't see how that's relevant. Wow, way to way to show your cards. And you see, Mr. Bertram, this is why I get you to talk, so they talk. It's it's a process. I am actually going to compel um, Jada here. I mean, use your hard-boiled um, detective okay. to compel you to detain them. Oh. <laughs> you can detain them both. Get a warrant. <laughs> you don't need a warrant to detain. Just probable cause. Okay. All right. So, I get it. You're trying to hold back on me. It's what you people do. But what we're going to do can either go one or two ways. You can either tell me the information that I need to know, or we can step outside and I can handcuff you and take you back with me. Oh, we're going to play it this way. Okay. Well, fine, Jada. You all make your way back out onto the street. It's dark now. It's cooling down, which is nice. It's a reprieve from the days that are getting warmer and warmer. You start making your way back to the train station. And down an alley, there's a green flash. It's like, it's almost like one of those old flashes off of a a camera. Like there's phosphorescent, but much greener. And you hear a woman cry out. I'm going to go into police mode. Um, You both stay here. I will be right back. And I'm going to take off towards the shout. What do you two do? I pull out a compact and check my face. Just another night in icky gross downtown. I give it a second and then I actually I actually follow and I want to see what this woman's screaming about. What's happening? Well, don't leave me alone. I, I think with, with them running off, it's going to be the checking the face like, wait. Fine. <laughs> And then the slow trailing behind. The alleyway lies ahead, daunting and dark. It's mall only barely lit by the beams of neon hanging across the street. To say it's dirty would be like saying the Erie is a pond. There's evidence of vagabonds making their stead here, but not for some time. This is definitely where the flash came from. And then you see her. A figure sprawled across the way, lying in a crimson pool. Her jean jacket, soaked to capacity, bears a monogram on the cuff. 
Her colored hair matted against her face, slightly obscures a singe on her cheek. She sees you approach. You made it. She gurgles with a weak smile. Glad you got here okay. Her emerald eyes flash in the neon one last time before her head drops limply back. Ma'am? Ma'am, no, it's it's gonna be okay. Ma'am, just stay with me, and I'm going to get on my knees, and I, I know better than to not move the body, but I do a quick scan for wounds. Ma'am, come on, it's okay, and I'm gonna feel for a pulse. There isn't one. Her skin is dry, very dry, cracking even in some places. It's weird. There's blood everywhere, but her skin's dry, and there is no pulse. There is no reaction, no movement of the chest up and down. There is no life. Can I identify what's killed her? As you look her over, you don't see any any obvious wounds. N- no blunt force trauma, no stab wound, no gunshot. Surely you would have heard something if it were something like that. Do they have a wallet? Uh, some method or means that I can identify them by? As you check her over, you find nothing in her pockets save for a wallet. It contains a very strange fake, frankly it looks made up uh, ID. It names her as Audrey Nurse. There are also inside three pieces of paper very similar to the one in that envelope. One of them has a marking on it, though. It looks like a subway ticket. The other two are blank, but they are made of the same material, same consistency, same wear. And the thoughts of what these things are, who they belong to, and why she's dead echo in your head as you sit in the alley on this strange summer night. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we had... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara. You can find me on Twitter and any other social media at Roll for Alex. Bianca Zelda, playing Officer Jada Jacques. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much any social media as at Bianca Zelda. My name is Ethan Shaw. I play as Clarence Bertram, and you can find me anywhere that matters with the sign E.T. Shaw. I'm Kyle, and you can find me on Twitter at LordKyleK. This has been a No Show Radio production.